First Saturday Lime is our go-to natural organic pest control tool. First Saturday Lime has the ability to dry out insects, eggs, and larvae, and it's effective as a treatment for infestations, as well as preventing those little buggers from infiltrating your coops and barns in the first place. We use it regularly on our farms to help make our lives easier. You can get Lime shipped to your door monthly with the First Saturday Lime subscription for $20 a month and free shipping. So go to FirstSaturdayLime.com to get signed up. Sam. Oh, hey, Bev. What you drinking over there? So I actually have something new this week. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Where'd you get that from? Did you go outside? I did. I went I went to the outside <laughs> to get essentials and the place that had essentials happened to have beer. So I Hallelujah. Okay. <laughs> Miracles happen. So what'd you, what'd you get? <laughs> I got a 50 West Quencher and it's an activated ale brewed with natural flavors. And the natural flavors are watermelon and lime. Mm. But what's so interesting about it is that it has added electrolytes. Oh, so are you like hydrating while dehydrating? I am, exactly. Nice. But it also advertises that it only has 100 calories and has reduced gluten. So I'm like, mm. <laughs> Did you find the unicorn beer? <laughs> I think I did. And it is actually a really good beer. I've drank it a couple of times since I picked it up. It's really pretty. It's like this pretty shade of pink. And it, while it's a little light on flavor, you know, because it's only 100 calories, that's right. kind of what happens when you lighten beers. It is very refreshing and I like it, especially for chores. So, yeah, and it's getting warmer out. So that sounds perfect. So, what'd you open over there? So because it's getting warmer out, I am going through my remaining beers and drinking all the stouts before it's like 80 degrees outside. <laughs> Good idea. <laughs> so I am drinking a Grand Armory Brewing Fluffer Nutter Peanut Butter Marshmallow Stout. Mm. And it's really good. Like it's definitely peanut buttery, but not in a, like a punch in your face type way. Um. And this is, feels like my lunch right now. I'm sure I'm going to go like, you know, have a little buzz after this and go eat some pizza straight out of the fridge, but <laughs> like leftovers, <laughs> but it's, it's pretty heavy, but it's delicious. So cheers. Mm, cheers to that. And welcome to We Drink and We Farm Things. This is the farm comedy podcast that is an adult happy hour for the farming community from hobby farmers to large scale real deal farmers. We drink adult beverages, talk about the ups and downs of farming things, and give zero clucks about not having the perfect farm life. We keep it real with you and share the mistakes we've made and the new knowledge we gain, so hopefully you don't feel so alone in this farm thing. And sometimes we are super chatty and talk too much or go on <laughs> non-farming related tangents, so we cut all of that extra fluffy stuff and put it up on the Patreon. And this episode's outtakes are exclusively for our Patreon peeps. So go to patreon.com slash drink and farm. We have all kinds of fun things up there. So go check it out. It's an excellent way to support the podcast starting at $2 a month. 
And speaking of the Patreon, our drinks this episode are sponsored by our drink peep at Ashley Kiernan over on the Instagram. So cheers, lady. Cheers. So this week, I thought it would be super fun because who doesn't want to talk about this kind of thing uh, to discuss how to control external parasites on your goats. Yay. This is an excellent topic because it's super timely. Yes. And while this article actually says this happens more in winter, I'm going to call bullshit on that. Um, (laughs) It can happen at any time. And I find that when I've had to deal with this, it's usually when it's like a seasonal shift from winter to spring or fall kind of into winter or summer into fall. Kind of like it always feels seasonal to me. Maybe that's just my own personal experience. So I think that it is seasonal, and that's because where bugs like to live and how they complete their life cycle is different depending on the season. So one of the reasons why this author may say winter is because, like, they all move into the straw, into the inside of your barn during the winter. Yes, yes, yes. So, and then during the summer, they have more places to, like, hatch out and thrive because everything's all warm and moist and (laughs) the perfect environment for pests. That whole, like, (laughs) thing that you just said made me uncomfortable with the creepy, crawly, and straw, and moist, and ugh. (laughs) Sorry, guys, if you're uncomfortable, too. (laughs) I'm really good at making people uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) But today's uh, article, I will say, is pretty high level. We just wanted to give an overview. We didn't want to really deep dive. Um, We'll talk about some of our own experiences kind of peppered within it. Um, but this article is called Raising Goats from Dummies, and that is from the book Raising Goats for Dummies, um, which felt kind of nice to me because sometimes you just want like a high level overview and then you at least have a baseline of where to start if this, you know, problem pops up for you. Yeah. Yeah. So Bev, have you dealt with any parasites in your goat flock, goat herd? That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> so when we first got our goats, when they were like teeny tiny babies, like bottle babies, I did notice that one of them kept doing this like funny like stamp and shake thing. <laughs> yeah. Like it, I thought that there was something wrong with her neurologically. Mm-hmm. And then they all did it. I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) So I called the breeder and explained to him what it was. And he said that it was probably just lice. So I dusted them with, you know, like first Saturday lime. And I made sure to like clean everything out. And then it just kind of went away. So I got really lucky. It was really short lived, whatever it was. And I never really like confirmed because I never saw anything. But they did stop the little stomp and shake. So (laughs) it is kind of funny when they do that too though because sometimes male goats will do that whether they're fixed or not as a sign of hey baby let's get it on (laughs) oh I didn't know that (laughs) yeah sometimes that's one of their moves but it's usually accompanied by like the yeah (laughs) I love it when they blubber (laughs) me too so for lice goats can actually have two kinds of lice sucking lice and biting lice And biting lice eat dead skin cells on the goats and make them itch while sucking lice are more serious. And not only do they cause itching, but they can suck the goat's blood, which can lead to anemia. So Mm. not good. Yeah. 
And lice tend to take up residence on goats, you know, in winter months per this article that we, we talked about, like it could really be any time of the year. Um, and they'll show those signs of itching that Bev talked about. Um, their coat might look a little rough and the goats will rub on fences more than usual. They may have dandruff or loose patches of hair and they may even chew on themselves. Kind of like a doggy that has some bugs. Yeah. <laughs> and this time of year, it's kind of hard to tell if your goats are itching yes. more than usual because they're shedding that bougie cashmere coat that they're wearing. Mm-hmm. Like if you go out into our goat pasture, the entire fence line has all of their cashmere <laughs> stuck to it because they've all been rubbing their bodies all around the perimeter. It's really funny. <laughs> yes. Um, And they'll kind of when they shed their cashmere, too, they can get a little flaky um, which at first glance, you might think, oh, shit, that's lice. But typically you can see lice and it'll be moving around or you'll see like grayish clusters of eggs called nits. Um, and you can kind of dig a little deeper into that by ex- inspecting the top of the goat's back, um, maybe even with a magnifying glass. Depending on the color of the goat, it can be easier to see or more difficult to see. Yeah, some goats are like the exact shade of lice. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And you can always uh, grab a microscope if you need to determine whether they're sucking or biting lice. So sucking lice have narrower heads and biting lice have wide heads. And you can, you know, go to the Google to kind of get a picture comparison if, if you're going to that level of research. Oh, yeah, it makes sense that they would be shaped different because sucking lice probably have a head full of teeth, which is a great visual. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm really good with the visuals You're today. Just You're welcome. Nailing it. <laughs> Hitting it out of the park. So you can control the lice uh, by just by regularly brushing or clipping when the weather is warmer. I personally don't clip. Um, but we do brush when we do hoof trimmings, which may or may not be enough. You know, typically that's about a month to six weeks, depending on the goat. Um, if the goats aren't severely infested, uh, the lights will, lice might even leave on their own with that grooming or even without if the goat's outside and spending a lot of time in the sun. But if you don't want to risk it or it's a severe infestation, you can go the round of first Saturday lime. Um, dusting, you can use something called Corel as an insecticide or a poron such as Ultra Boss. So it's all about what you have and or what you can gain access to. Like we're not going to judge you based on what you use or what your vet might recommend. The goal is just to get rid of them to in a, in a safe way for you and your goats without anybody being miserable in the process. Yeah, because leaving a lice infestation, especially a sucking lice infestation, can be pretty serious. Yes. So, yeah. Well, next up is mites, which I've had the pleasure of dealing with over the past month or so. Um, Mites are extra fun. They (laughs) suck. So I would take lice over mites any day. I'll just throw that out there. Agreed. Um, Because with mites... um, and they tend to invest infest goats mainly during the colder months per this article. You can get them any time of year. Um, but we I saw it kind of coming out of, you know, we've kind of had a warmer spring than we've had in a couple years. So I noticed it quite a few weeks ago. I was standing outside just watching the goats, which I wish I would do more often and now kind of do after this. But I could see on 
one of my goats that's white, um, his inside of his hind legs were like super bare and super red. And I was like, oh my gosh, what the hell is that? So I started doing some Googling, um, saw that it might be mites. So there are two types of mites. There are burrowing and non-burrowing. So the non-burrowing mites usually stay in hairy areas of the body, such as the tail, and then work their way along the body. Um, And then with burrowing mites, excuse me, they attach to the skin and puncture it, releasing body fluid. So you'll start seeing like crusty patches and scaly looking gross things and there's like hair loss and and that's what I suspect that our goats had now what's funny is that some goats are more prone to mites so you might have a mite infestation in your herd but only some of the goats are showing signs or some of the goats are bothered by it so the goal there is just to probably treat everyone because you don't know Um, so he definitely had it the worst and I really, really had to look hard to find it on a few of the other goats. And then some of the other goats were completely fine. That's so interesting. I wonder if it's like, you know how some people get eaten alive by mosquitoes Mm -hmm. while other people like won't get any. I wonder if it has something to do with like their blood or their sweat or their smell or something. There's just like something different about them that either attracts or repels the parasites. Yeah. I wonder that too. Um, Also with the burrowing mites, um, they tend to go in areas where there's little hair. So a really quick way to find out if it, if you have some isn't maybe more obvious place than in between their legs (laughs) is like around their eyes um, or their nose area, because that uh, hair is a little, little more fragile maybe and it's easier to identify like looking your goat in the face versus trying to look in between its legs um, <laughs> so I could tell around some of my goat's eyes that it looked a little thinner um and those ones I kind of gave extra attention to when in extra brushing and kind of TLC when we were doing our treatment so the way you want to treat both burrowing and non-burrowing mites with subcutaneous uh, is with subcutaneous, which means under the skin, injections of ivermectin. Yay! And if you have a big herd, this is a big chore. <laughs> yeah, because you gotta like change the needles in between each goat and stuff. Oh my gosh! <laughs> well, and it's it's two rounds of it, two at least. Some people oh. advise you three rounds, but. The way to know that it's successful is if the hair starts growing back. So after the second round, I saw hair growing back and I'm like, you know what? We're good. Yeah. Um, So I'm going to continue to monitor it and make sure everybody looks good, feels good. Um, And if we have to do it again, um, my husband's really good at it now. So I actually have an extreme fear of needles. (laughs) I think I mentioned it a couple episodes back. Um, so I was the one that measured the goats to figure out their estimated weight and got it all set up for my husband. And then he did the poking, um, because I tried to do one and I got incredibly woozy and had to like sit with my head in between my legs for a while. Um, and it was just faster to do that with the goats too. Um, and he made it a, the best experience that he possibly could. Um, the other thing (laughs) 
that we did was we cleaned out all the bedding and we limed the crap out of the space. Like it's a pretty big space, but I used 40 pounds of lime. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yes. There is lime freaking everywhere in there. Um, and I feel much better about it now that it's that clean too. Um, so we're going to continue to monitor the situation. If we have to do it another round, we will. I will say too that when we did, and I think this is recommended for most injections um, or any kind of traumatic event to the goat. Um, we also did animal crackers with vitamin P, vitamin B paste on oh, them. Oh, that was a great idea. fed that to them as well as like a probiotic and overall vitamin mix. Um, so they got two animal crackers with that. I, of course, the the goat that is like the worst is the pickiest eater. He won't eat animal crackers. <laughs> so I had to like mash up a bunch of feed with the paste and try to trick him into eating it. And it was such a pain in the butt. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you can do uh, intramuscular injections of vitamin B. And I do have vitamin B complex for, for that if I need it. But... I was already poking them once. I didn't really want to do it again. Yeah, I don't blame you. And, you know, I, this time of year, giving goats injections really isn't that easy unless you're, like, really good at it and have a lot of experience. Like, when I was doing the um, the vaccinations this time of year for our goats, they're so fluffy and, mm -hmm. like, thick that it was really hard to find a spot on them where I could actually pinch up enough skin to know that I was going sub-Q instead of intramuscular because when something is specifically for sub-Q, it's really important that you don't accidentally give it to them intramuscularly. So, right, or in a yeah. vein or something like that. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So you want to make sure that you get like that tent, that tent up to like put the needle into and that's not – that's not easy. <laughs> no. And you don't want to stab all the way through. We accidentally did that, too. Oh, yeah. I did that. <laughs> I've done that before. I've been there. <laughs> yeah. And God bless my husband because he was so patient. And I could tell he was a little irritated sometimes because it's a lot. Because we had to do that with quite a few goats. Um, at least eight um, were the ones I was really worried about. We had the mom and the babies on the other side. I really don't think they had it, but the mom's got two rounds and then the kids got just some pour on type stuff. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head what it's called because there's kind of mixed reviews on the internet about kids under the age of six months using, um, being injected with ivermectin. Oh yeah. Because of like the blood brain barrier or something. So I just aired on the side of caution since we were doing it ourselves and not with a vet. Um, and just, we did some kind of pour on for them, but I don't even think they had it, but I'm trying to like sell those kids soon. So I wanted to just better safe than sorry. I would feel really bad sending baby goats off that had mites and didn't know. <laughs> oh yeah. No, it, well, that was smart to treat them anyways, just to make sure. I always forget how many goats you have. <laughs> oh my God, it's so many. And I will say too. What is funny, so ivermectin actually stings when you inject it. The goats aren't a fan. But my two intact males were the biggest babies about it. <gasps> oh, my God. I thought, well, it scared the shit out of me at first because I thought they had, like, a reaction. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God, am, am I going to have a dead goat in, like, two minutes? And uh, no. Like, they're just... They just act like they can't walk on that leg anymore. And oh my gosh, it's so dramatic. And they're like laying down. And I'm like, oh, 
But everybody else, some of them had like very little reaction. Some of them had mild. So they don't like it. Yeah. Um, but it, it's necessary. <laughs> I don't blame them for not liking it. Mm-mm. But that's so funny that they were the biggest babies. It oh. goes to drama queens to begin with. But yes. I have noticed, I, I don't have any books here, but the few that I've interacted with, I have noticed that they tend to be like a little more on the sensitive side mm-hmm. when it comes to like <laughs> things. Very dramatic, pretty boys. <laughs> oh, they're so pretty. <laughs> so some other fun pests to keep your eye out for um are fleas and cuds um fleas and cuds which are also known as louse flies are Mm. wingless jumping bugs that can infest goats usually in the spring or summer and all of them are bloodsuckers so Goats can get fleas from dogs and cats. Um, They can also get cuts from sheep. So that's something to kind of be aware of and on the lookout for if you have those other kinds of animals around. Um, Your goats, if your goats do have either of those, you'll probably notice that rubbing and scratching and chewing. Um, And you can treat the goat with the products that work for the lice, which is great news. So if you already have that in your arsenal, um, the Coral Dusk or Ultra Boss Poron, like you are good to go. So those might just be good things to have on hand in case of emergency. Yeah, that seems pretty smart. And then finally, everybody's favorite, ticks. Ugh. We're all going to be hearing about ticks very soon, I'm sure. Uh, we've already had them a couple of times here. Not in the animals, but in the people. Oh. <laughs> so if your goats are in pastured in or near woods they they can be a target for ticks ticks can be more than just pests because they can spread lyme disease rocky mountain spotted fever and other diseases that affect goats and humans and as most of us probably know ticks burrow into people and goats skin (laughs) so make sure to remove them as soon as you see them Um, A tick that has attached to a goat looks like a skin tag and can be as big as a pencil eraser. Oh, that means it's full. (laughs) So to remove a tick, grasp it with tweezers as close as possible to the head or mouth and pull gently until it lets go. Drop the tick into a jar of alcohol to kill and preserve it in case you want to have it examined later for disease. And you can prevent future ticks um, by treating the goat with pour on or spray that contain contains the natural insecticide permethrin 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 that that's yes. got it <laughs> so i've never removed a tick from myself or another like we've been really lucky i'm gonna knock really? on wood yeah we don't have that issue here maybe it's because i have thousands of chickens i don't know <laughs> oh yeah i mean chickens are excellent at getting ticks we have a giant tick problem here because we have a giant deer problem here and the oh. deer when they bed down they drop ticks so like their favorite places to bed down if you enter those places you always get a tick like without failure Oof. so um tick checks are pretty regular occurrence around here (laughs) and in fact the goats have gotten a tick and so has herc the donk but we got him off really easily with tweezers and it was the only one that we found so good yeah it wasn't too big of a deal 
I'm glad that you've had experience with that so you could share. Because I haven't, but now I'm going to be on the lookout for, like, these pencil eraser things on my goats. <laughs> <laughs> They're usually smaller than that. They've usually been attached for a long time when by the time they get that big. Ugh. But um, when we remove them, what we do is we tape them to a sticky note Ooh. and then write the date and who it was pulled off of and where. And then we put it in a baggie in the freezer so that we have it for Just testing. Yeah, because, like, if someone starts showing um, symptoms, you know, of something that could be pretty serious, you can send that to your, uh, what is it, like, the state health department? Yeah. And Mm -hmm. they'll test the tick for those diseases. And then you can tell your doctor, your vet, like, hey, even though, like, you know, the Lyme test came back negative on me or the animal, it came back positive on this tick that I pulled off of them on that date. So then you'll, you'll still get the treatment for it because oh. that can happen. Like false negatives can happen on tests, just like false positives and everything else. So the more you know, <laughs> I'm not a doctor or a scientist. Better safe than sorry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right. So we hope you all feel a little more educated and hopefully not too itchy after that talk <laughs> i feel I'm a little not gonna itchy lie. i'm a little itchy I've, I've itched my shoulders just a handful of times <laughs> oh man but, but well, it's important stuff it is important and you know i unfortunately had to be reactive in this situation um but it did push us to get things like uh the ivermectin and I had to get the big bottle which I'm very thankful for and we'll talk about why in a minute uh vitamin b injectable you know syringes needles and you know I I stocked up on some other things too so it was really a good kickstart to utilize my you know farm savings account um because it was so nice not feeling like it was a freaking emergency financially to like go stock up on all this stuff so I could be prepared for the next few weeks. Um, because, you know, that big bottle of ivermectin isn't cheap. No. <laughs> <laughs> but it'll last me a very long time. Yeah. And it takes a little while for it to expire too. Yes. So. Yes. As long as you keep it in a temperature controlled space. So it's in my house because it could get too cold or too hot. And I don't want that to happen. And then it'd be questionable. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, so, you know, I encourage you to keep those things on hand if you can. Um, Maybe even slowly buy over time because being reactive in that situation really sucks. Yeah. And that injectable ivermectin has an alternative use too. if your goats get internal parasites, Mm -hmm. you can give it to them orally. It's like a very, very tiny dose. It's like minuscule. But when I first got our goats, we also had like something that kind of looked like worms. So the guy from the feed store came over and helped me give them that orally. And then Mm. suddenly their poop was normal. So yeah. Oh, I'll share the injection too uh, for that. So the recommended injection for ivermectin, 1% for goats is 1 to 2 cc's per 40 pounds of body weight. If you don't know what your goat weighs, what you'll do is measure them basically from tushy to chest. And you take that measurement and then you do a chest around their, their heart. So right behind their legs. Um, and you'll times that by the heart girth again, and then you'll times it by the body length, which is that tushy to chest. 
and then you divide it by 300. Oh, okay. So heart girth times heart girth times body length divided by 300. And that's from the Tractor Supply website, um, how to calculate sheep or goat weight. Nice. And I feel like it's pretty accurate (laughs) compared to like what it's giving me for output for numbers and the size of the goat. Um, And it's nice too because like I could apply one of the measurements to like three of the babies because they were all like the same size. Oh, nice. (laughs) Yeah. And then like Cal, he's probably 130 pounds with that measurement. (laughs) That's amazing. He's he's like a cow. He's like my (laughs) mini, mini cow. And he is like the best with the injections and the hoof clippings because he's just getting snacks the whole time. So he's not even mad about it. Yes, he's like, I'm fine. He's a gentle giant. Yeah. But most of my goats are like between 60 and 75 pounds. Okay. Which sounds right. Yes. Cal is just special. (laughs) (laughs) I might measure mine next time I get them on the milking stand to Mm -hmm. trim hooves. And I got to do a blood draw on Tonks to see if she's pregnant. Mm -hmm. Um. I don't think Sky's pregnant. She just went into heat two days ago, Aww. I think. And it took all of my willpower not to take her back and get her bread again. <laughs> At least you'll hopefully just you have know. one, though. That'll be a good start, you know? Even that's if that's true. all you can do this year in the time frame that you want. And I might just hold Sky now for fall kids. Because yeah. then I get to spread out the baby goat funness, right? Yes. So there we go. I'm not mad about that now. Okay. I'm over it. <laughs> Matt's found effective motivation in getting me to sell the baby goats that I have. Oh, yeah? He says if I sell them, four of them, four out of the five, because he already told me I could keep one. I get to keep a little jigsaw because Aww. he's the friendliest. Um, I get to get a great Pyrenees. <gasps> like there with his go. blessing, not like this is your problem now. So. <laughs> <laughs> Good motivation. Well, now it's time for We Can't Even Corner. Yes. And this week we have a shared one. Yes. It's not cheating. We swear. (laughs) This is just a big enough one that at first I was like, wow, this is awesome. And then there were consequences that came with it. And I was like, we can't have anything nice. This is why we can't have nice things. (laughs) So Sam, tell us what the can't even is. So we'll link to this scientific article, but there are like many articles you can find on this at this point. Um, but this is more like science-y um, from sciencedirect.com. Um, and it turns out that the FDA-approved drug ivermectin, which we've been talking about a lot, um, inhibits the replication of COVID-19. Dun-dun-dun! Which is super interesting. But actually, ivermectin has been tested for all sorts of things. So it's not overly surprising, I feel Mm -hmm. like. Mm -hmm. But the the conditions under which it treated COVID-19 are very specific, right? I didn't get that far. I'm looking down. (laughs) Yeah, so if I remember correctly, it was like basically in a test tube, like in the lab and like during its replication, like, process. So it's not like it's been, like, tested on people or anything. No, no. Or animals or anything else. (laughs) Exactly. Um, And because ivermectin is widely available due to its inclusion on 
the World Health Organization's model list of essential medicines, what the fear has been or some (laughs) rumblings in some other groups is that people are going out and buying ivermectin to inject themselves with. Which is absolutely insane. But then considering that like a couple of people took like that thing for fish tanks or whatever and one of them ended up dying, like I guess I'm not surprised. (laughs) Or like people are drinking bleach. Just don't. Like guys, guys, stop it. Come on. (laughs) This, yeah. So what is happening now is some retailers are either pulling ivermectin injectable um from their shelves, like Tractor Supply Company. I saw in a goat group somebody give a heads up that they were pulling it all um, because they worked there. And I went and searched for it on the TSC website and couldn't find it. Um, and I could find it before. So it's only the injectable that they I couldn't pulled. find any ivermectin for TSC. So any. they do have paste and poron back on the shelves. Good. Because I'm looking right now. Okay, good. Um, but I do not see injectable. And some retailers I noticed too, like Jeffers, they are limiting the amount of ivermectin you can purchase. So they're limiting to two, unless you've had an existing account with them and have ordered it before, then you can go hog wild. Um, because they know, you know what it's used for and they're kind of giving you the benefit of the doubt that you're not using it for bad things <laughs> like injecting it on yourself or selling it to people so they can inject themselves yeah and honestly so in the farm world you know we use things off label yeah all the time because yeah. there's not something specific like it's and it's so funny i feel like goats are such a large market that i'm kind of surprised that there isn't medication like specifically for goats mm-hmm. um, but we use a lot of cattle and sheep medications on them because they're close enough that mm-hmm. they tend to work in certain situations and under certain conditions. But you don't off-label on people. No, no. Not <laughs> unless, like, you know, I've taken things for my anxiety before that were off-label. for It's, like, used for other things in humans. Um, but they're like, hey, it also works great over here. Um, that has been tested out and it's been trialed when that yes. happens. <laughs> Same for goats. Like, there's... You know, kind of a general consensus that, yep, this will work. And there's been vets that recommend it. You know, there's a lot of, you know, data, at least within the community, to support what you're doing. And guys, like I said before, the shit burns when you inject it. And like, (laughs) some people think a flu shot hurts. I'm going to go out on a limb and say this probably hurts way worse. Yeah, probably. And in fact, the last time I got my flu shot, it wasn't nearly as bad as I thought it was going to be. So maybe it was because I thought it was going to be awful. (laughs) Yeah, I just, yeah. (laughs) I just hate needles in general. So I usually don't get that if I don't need to, if I'm being completely honest. Um, But yeah, so guys, we're hoping that if you're listening to this, we know you're our people. um, And you probably won't go out and do this. But if you need a gentle reminder... (laughs) don't do it (laughs) well and i think that maybe if someone knows someone who's thinking about this they can point them to this and they can hear it and then they can get the advice from not you which will help them not be mad at you but yeah i I don't think 
any of our listeners no. would do something we're like just that. hoping that you're like equally as outraged as we are and just kind of <laughs> yeah. like face palming with us that this is happening in the world and like people are encouraging it and i saw in the comment section where i saw this in a goat group that some lady was like trying to tell people like hey you probably shouldn't inject yourself with that and she was berated by multiple people what yeah so she like left the group yeah it's like common sense has like flown out the window in certain areas it's not so common and we are (laughs) highlighting that right now by people trying to do this walking around supermarkets with gloves on but still picking up their phone and touching their face like cross-contamination people (laughs) like it's like people get so scared and panicky that they forget to slow down sometimes so i try to have some sympathy there as somebody that has anxiety i overblow things in my brain all the damn time but for some reason with this whole epidemic maybe i'm just so used to having anxiety that this just feels like a blip on my radar as far as me personally panicking and how I feel about it. But like, you just got to remember to breathe and slow down and really think things through. Like if you're in your house and you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, you more like more than likely don't need to be doing this to yourself, even if it was proven effective. Well, and I'm so glad that you said this because I had an epiphany the other day that one of the things that's been missing from my don't panic advice is that it's okay to be scared, Mm -hmm. but you have to slow yourself down before you make decisions because you can't make decisions while you're scared because they're not good ones. Right. Like buying 100 rolls of toilet paper at once. Yeah. Not necessary. (laughs) It's really not. (laughs) Unless you have, like, 20 people in your house, probably not necessary. (laughs) If it's just, like, you, your husband, and your dogs, like, in my case, like, not necessary. You just need, like, a 12-pack or something like that. I usually buy it by 48. I mean, but but you're out in a rural area, and you have more people in your house, so that kind of makes sense. That's true. And I only buy it, like, every three months. Exactly. But now you'll probably get dirty looks for doing that. (laughs) Yeah. Just for reference, that's three months worth of toilet paper for four people. So you can do the math on that. That's pretty incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But yes, so that was kind of turned into like a little COVID update corner. Um, I'm, I'm seeing a lot this week on how we are flattening the curve successfully. And there are far less cases than were projected. Yes. Which is great because it means the stay-at-home shit is working and we can hopefully all go back to normal sooner than we thought. Like, that is my hope. (laughs) Yes, I fully agree. But I am prepared because of all the stay-at-home orders. I'm prepared for this to last at least through May. Yeah. And it might go into part of May. So, but that doesn't mean that it's not working. And it just means that these kind of things take time. And they're working on treatments like this mm-hmm. this information about the ivermectin is encouraging yes means that they're studying things and they're trying to figure it out as fast as possible so it doesn't mean that you get to be a, a google doctor and inject yourself though just to yeah. be clear <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> yeah my work just extended our 100 percent remote work through june 1st they did that on oh, okay monday So, but they noted it's because we can, and we were already remote three days a week anyways. 
So it just kind of makes sense. But it like I'm still trying to figure out how to sit in the same exact room for like 40 to 50 hours a week and not lose my shit. Because <laughs> Welcome at, to my life. <laughs> at least like, yeah, you, maybe I should get advice from Bev and Jared because you guys do it all the time. But like it's hard when you're used to going into the office twice a week. So I can't even imagine what it's like for people that go into the office five days a week right now just because I haven't done that in like three years. Yeah, you know, and as someone who hasn't been like quite as dramatically individually affected by this, there was one thing that I've that I'm taking out of it or that I have realized, and that's that I had the time to do all of the things that I loved. I just wasn't prioritizing it properly. So that's something that has come out of this for me. Um, And I'm hopeful that maybe some other people may have discovered something to that effect as well. Because I realized I don't have to sit at my desk for 70 hours a week like I had been to actually get my stuff done. So I just had to get better at focusing. (laughs) There you go. See, I think... You know, uh, despite all the crazy ass stuff you're hearing through the media um, and sometimes depending on the source, it really feels like it's got a fear mongering tone, whether that was the intent or not, I'm not going to say, but (laughs) uh, I think it's important to try to find the good things, but also not to put a lot of pressure on yourself to like, you know, uh, find a new skill or you know get in the best shape of your life (laughs) or whatever like sometimes like just getting out of bed and you know making yourself look halfway decent and brushing your teeth is as far as you can get in a day and then other days maybe you're like really kicking ass and doing amazing things like don't it just you know you got to give yourself some grace to kind of fluctuate between the two because I'm trying to give myself the grace to do that. Yes. Um, and some days it can be really difficult not to be hard on yourself and be like, wow, why didn't I get this far on, you know, cleaning a certain part of the house today? Well, because I was losing my mind doing stuff for work. That's why. Um, and the work that we're doing at work right now is helping save lives and open up hospital beds and do other really crazy miraculous things too. Um, but sometimes it's hard to reflect on some of the good stuff while you're in the chaos. So thank you for listening to my TED talk. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's important to remember that it's going to change by day, depending on what new information you've been given and how the day before went too. Cause sometimes Mm -hmm. when the day before didn't go so great, it's really easy to let that drag over. But if you take a few deep breaths every morning and remind yourself it's a new day and you have the opportunity to do with it, what, you want to prioritize that I think I think that can be helpful in resetting how your mind is feeling at the beginning mm-hmm. of the day. But I'm also not trying to do anything extraordinary over here. I have two priorities while we're at home. One of them is to spend more time with my family, like really spend more time with my family. And the other one is to spend more time working on my farm. Mm-hmm. And that's it. I'm not going to try to learn new skills. I'm not going to... Um, or not any like new like crazy skills, maybe something that I was already trying to work on here. I'll work on that. I'm not going to learn any new languages. And I'm also <laughs> not homeschooling my kids. Because <laughs> it turns out I'm not very good at that. <laughs> that is not what you were meant to do. <laughs> their teachers are doing a great job themselves. So as long as I support them and making sure that they have their tools and know where they're supposed to be when, you know, 
in the online space, then I've done my job. So yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. So be sure and leave us a review. We'll read our favorite Apple podcast review every week. And when we read your review, we put you into a drawing to win a super awesome mug. And I'm really excited because some of those went out today. So more people are going to have them in their hot little hands, which is exciting. And um, yeah, so leave us a review, guys. (laughs) Yeah, because we don't have one for this week, which means that your odds for April are really good. Um, So go leave us a review. If you haven't already, it, you can be in like any country to leave us a review because we get like an aggregation of them from Chartable. So go do that. Yes. And guys, we have another exciting piece of information to share with you. Um, our sponsor for Saturday Lime is going to be on Shark Tank today when this drops. So that's April yes. 10th and that is at 8 p.m. Eastern. Um, we're super excited to tune in and watch them. Um, I'm, I can't wait to figure out what happens and if they get a shark or not. Like, I am super excited for them. So if you are listening to this after Friday, um, and have a way to go watch it back, go do that. And, um, yeah, catch it if you can. I'm, I'm super pumped. Oh, I am too. And as of right now, Coop Camp is still on. Uh, it may end up getting delayed or something like that, which isn't going to be that big of a deal. No, it'll be um, good. It's going to be amazing no matter what. There's so many cool things planned for it. Um, right now, it's currently June 5th through 7th, and we're planning on being there. And even if it gets rescheduled, we're going to do our best to still attend. So if you know that you want to go no matter when it is, you can go pick up your tickets. Yes. And some of you have been utilizing this, and we're super excited about it, but Drink and Farm has a phone number now. Yes. So the purpose of that is for you to call and leave us a voicemail with your farm story, your questions, or your can't evens. So if you've been putting up off typing your farm story because you don't want to type it all, that's fine. You can call us and tell us all about it. Um, and we're going to use those for our mini-sodes. So if you want to give us a call, our phone number is 401-426-3276. Again, that is 401-426-FARM. And be sure and hit the subscribe button and download the episode when you listen, because that helps more people like you find us. And it would be appreciated if you would also do us the favor of sharing this episode over on Instagram in your stories and tag at Drink and Farm. We will send you a promo code just for that episode that will give you a percentage off in our merch shop. And make sure you take a look at the show notes to find links to the articles we discussed, a survey to tell us how we're doing, and all of the links to our social media and our merch shop. So that's it, guys. We hope you enjoyed our discussion today about pests uh, for your goats and in your life of <laughs> pest of COVID-19. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and until next time, drink, farm, and give zero clucks. Bye, guys. Bye. We drink things, we farm things, we drink and farm things.
If you're wanting to responsibly start a backyard flock or expand your existing barnyard party, we highly recommend checking out My Pet Chicken. You can order day-old chicks and waterfowl, chicken supplies, hatching eggs, and there's a wealth of information on the website as well. I love how I can mix and match all the breeds with no per breed minimum. I totally got 18 different breeds last year and they all arrived happy and healthy. So go to mypetchicken.com slash drink and farm to put in your chick, duckling, or gosling order. That link lets them know that we sent you and it's a great way to support our podcast and fulfill all your poultry addiction needs.